give me the flats at dawn with plenty of tailing fish. And the perfect fly rod. Yeah. And get ready for some magic. Awesome Join Bonefish and Tarpon Trust. Nice fish. And help make sure that the magic never ends. Visit tarbone.org to find out how you can help. Oh, good old Bonefish Tarpon Trust, man. We love those guys down there. They uh, do such a great job at gathering up all kinds of uh, technical information on bonefish tarpon and, of course, permit. Um, one of those three species we saw a lot of down in Flamingo, that will be Mr. Tarpon. Uh, although I hear stories of bonefish and permit calling that area home on the outside. We may have to, to do some investigating down the road. Welcome to the Monday Night Kickoff Show. You are uh, you're in for a special kind of treat today. <laughs> um, we're going to talk a little bit about fishing clean water and uh, what's going down this time of year. We would just, just had an opportunity to get out in the water on uh, what day was Sunday and found some fish. I'm joined as always by my illustrious co-host, Mr. Vidal. What's up, brother? Hey, man happening man good evening everybody just uh monday night here you know getting the kids down the whole stuff and everything like that so ready to start winding down (laughs) you got you got a big week uh big weekend ahead of you brother don't you oh yeah 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 got the whole salty fly thing going on this this weekend coming up with alan that should be interesting i told alan you know i'm all you know Hey, you know, we do what we can, the whole stuff and everything like that. He's 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 a lot better fly fisherman than I am and all this stuff and we're on the boat. He'll be in the front doing his old fly thing and everything like that. I'll be in the polling platform. I told him. As long as you don't stick me with that fly, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's half the battle there. It's definitely half yep. the battle trying to keep the fly out of the back of your head or off your cheek or eyeball or what have you. Yeah, when you're up there on that polling platform, you know, and he's winging that thing around. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, one time I had a buddy of mine push following me across the lagoon, and uh, I hadn't done a whole lot of fly fishing from a skiff, and I didn't really think about the fact that he was standing up behind me, <laughs> and I must have buzzed him. I must have buzzed him really close because he jumped from the polling platform into the water as the fly flew past his head. <laughs> <clears throat> so that was pretty fun, but uh, no, it should be a good event, man. Sam Root put that thing on, and and from watching everything that he posts up leading up to it, I mean the trophy itself, the the winner's trophy, uh, done by uh, Del Calhoun, um, fish on art, just looks absolutely awesome. And uh, you know, I've seen an able reel today with the salty fly lo- uh, logo on it. So you guys should have a, a freaking blast, man. I hope one one year I get invited to go fish that thing. That'd be cool. Yeah, we and I got lucky because you know how that tournament is. That tournament is pretty much when you're in it, it's grandfathered in, and and you know to get into it, from you know it's really hard to get into that tournament because nobody drops out. Um, so it's one of those tournaments that's hard to get in like that, and we just happened to we got lucky enough that you know Red Zone Apparel 
um, asked Alan and I to see if we wanted to fish that tournament, which, you know, that worked out great. And, of course, you know, we're not saying no to that. <laughs> so, so, um, so it should be a great event, you know. It's, it, and, you know, and like, like always, you know, we're fishing waters that we normally don't fish. So that's, you know, that adds a little bit to it also. You know, it's always nice to fish different areas. Um, and, you know, I've been talking to people that live over there. I've already had uh some some other friends of mine making phone calls to certain guides over there um telling me what's working now what flies are working now we already got we got things in the work alan and i got things in the work right now pretty much trying to do what we can and and we've been talking to you know the other one is chris sensi you know we've been talking to chris, <laughs> chris going back and forth and all this stuff and you're not going to beat me you're not going to do this and he's going He's going back and forth, but at the end of the day, you know, he even told me, he goes, I'll help you guys out. He goes, I know where there's some fish are over there and stuff. I got to help you guys out. And I go, all right. <laughs> there you go. That's awesome. Yeah. We got a couple people there in the, in the chat room that are logged in as guests. Guests, if you want to get in the chat room and type in amongst the group, uh, feel free to do so. You can log in using either your Twitter account or Facebook account, whichever way you want to go. Um so it, it can get kind of interesting in the chat room from time to time. So uh, I see some dropping in, coming in, dropping out, going back. And so <clears throat> if you're having a hard time doing it, just uh, ask somebody inside the chat room there for a little bit of assistance. I'm sure you get plenty of assistance along the way. Um, but we got some familiar faces in there, of course. We've got uh, Wade Hollowell's in there. Look at, we got Mark Lozier joining us, the old uh, Double L crew. That was cool. Uh, Matt Giles is over there, hootie hoo. Um, Non-pro staff Murdoch, Mr. Randy English, Greg Three, and a couple of guests. Um, <clears throat> so basically, let's see. The topic I was going to cover tonight, which was, uh, which was, I guess, pro staff debauchery, <laughs> um, because it's just one of those, it's one of those topics that gets brought up all the time. People, uh, people tend to, I don't know, either make fun of or get offended by folks who are either a, a part of a pro staff or want to be pro staff or whatever. Um, obviously, I have sponsors. Pepe's got some sponsors. Well, Pepe's got a lot of sponsors. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, Andrew Mixon, who just joined us there in the chat room, he's got some sponsors. I mean, there's, there's a lot of guys that do, you know, and, uh, we'll have Andrew on next week. And, uh, I believe we're going to have the gentleman from Lawrence Electronics, who is in charge of their pro program joining us as well to kind of fill in folks and kind of give them an idea of what it is that big manufacturers look for when it comes to uh, getting involved with pro programs. And the reason I brought that whole thing up was I had a gentleman stop by KBB Outfitters and uh, the other day, well, about a week ago, I guess, so a week or two ago now, and he asked me if we had a pro staff and if he could be on it. <laughs> and I'd never seen this guy a day in my life. I couldn't tell you who he is. Never seen him on social media. Never read an article that he's written. Nothing. 
So I was, I didn't want to be mean or rude. I was just like, dude, I, I don't even know who you are. You want to tell me your name? Didn't even tell me his name. He's just like, hey, you guys have a pro staff? <laughs> Can I get on it? And I'm like, we don't really have a pro staff. I mean, we have like, we have a couple of guys that work through the store that are considered pros, but we don't have, you know, a, a true, I guess you'd call it pro staff or whatever. But anyhow, so we'll tackle that topic next week. Um, It'll be an interesting one. Some feelings may get hurt and some information may be passed out that might be useful to some folks. But uh, so look forward to that for next week. Um, but looking forward to this week and this week's fishing reports, I can tell you what, man, we, uh, we went out Sunday. A couple of us got together, went out and fished uh, Mosquito Lagoon on Sunday. And the wind was, eh, Blowing a little bit. Wasn't too terribly bad. And uh, we got to get out and uh, hit up some, some pretty cool spots um, over on the east side of the Mosquito Lagoon that uh, typically hold quite a few redfish and trout. And so uh, what we decided to do was kind of break up and kind of spread out and conquer. We found some fish. Water was nice and clean. Fish were grouped up, small groups. Um, the biggest school of reds I think I saw for the day was, I don't know, maybe about 20, 25 fish in a group and, um, a bunch of like small groups of three and four fish, you know, balled up. Um, everything that I caught, I caught three reds and, and two decent trout. Everything that I caught, I caught on, uh, of course, a Slayer Inc. SST in molting color. And, uh, I actually rigged those on a, a chartreuse Tommy head jig, which, Hopefully I'll have at the shop here shortly. Um, Cause I really do like his jig heads. I think that that ball jig uh, tends to give that bait a little bit more of a, a straighter run with a little tight wobble to it. It's a little bit different than the, the big swinging wobble wobble, excuse me, that you typically get from most jig heads. But uh, you know, Andrew Mixon, he got himself a, a red while he was out there with us. And then, uh, um, Randy English got a bluefish and a, and a trout, and my buddy, my neighbor Doug, uh, who's pretty new to kayak fishing, landed himself a absolute stud of a trout. Pictures I put up do not do that fish any kind of justice. Um, that thing had to have been close to 30 inches. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Randy saw it up close and personal there in the in the chat room i i don't remember exactly how long it was he never measured it but it was a fat fish and i mean had a giant head on it but uh so kudos to him that was by far his biggest trout he's ever caught um he caught that fish on a uh oh man i know what it is oh on an exude cigar minnow uh pearl white with a chartreuse tail i believe it was um and he got that thing on a on a weedless hook a four-aught weedless hook so fishing parallel to the shoreline, he was maybe about 20 yards off. Um, I'll tell you what I've seen, Peppy, lately is um, I've noticed there's a lot more, uh, well, a lot more active big trout lately than, than what I've seen. We've seen a lot of big trout this, this winter, but I haven't seen them as, as aggressive and as, as active as I've seen in the last couple trips out. You're right. Yep. They've been. They've actually started. Those big ones started. Uh, started eating recently. I mean, and like you said, they're hanging out shallow. I have seen them real shallow lately. 
Um, yeah. So, so you know, it, it's one of those things. Uh, Fish in the Lagoon is an inch. Me and uh, Drew had a, a really good conversation on our way across the lagoon. Fish in the Lagoon is a very interesting and very humbling place. There's days you can go out there and you can absolutely wear the things out. And then there's days you go out there and you just you can't buy a bite. You can see a hundred fish and you just can't buy a bite. And you know it's uh, it, it can be frustrating, but at the same time, man, when you when you actually when you actually hook a fish and and, and not just hook them but land them, uh, especially there in the um, in the uh, lagoon. Sorry, uh, distracted squirrel. Um, it's something special because by far our fish are the hardest fish to catch that I've ever fished for our reds. Um, there's, there's a lot of places where you can go and set up on a tide, set up on, you know, on the edge of a, of a flat when the tides move in this way here or the other, and you'll pick fish up because they're feeding on a tide. That's what they do. Well, since we don't have a tide flow at all, um, all of our fish are pretty much just, you know, used to just sitting around. <laughs> just kind of cruising around on a flat all day long and never really leaving. So, and plus two, obviously our fish never leave because there's no, there's no, no open inlet. So all of our breeders and everything, they all stay kind of right by us. So I don't know, man, That's it right. was neat. It was cool. Yeah, it was cool, you know, to catch a couple of fish. And then uh, of course the highlight of the day for me was um, getting to try out my new sale from my PA, which I hadn't, I've used a sail on a PA once during one of our demo days and uh Peppy. I I sailed from I sailed from well, I'll just put it like this. I probably sailed three miles ish or two and a half miles and just barely touched the pedals. Like I only had to really touch the pedals like two or three times. And I was oh, able to man. keep up with Yeah, and I was able to keep up with uh with with Randy in his in his slayer. He wasn't hauling butt, but you know, he's moving at a pretty good pace. And uh and uh my neighbor Doug and Drew. I stayed right with those guys. So it was uh it was pretty cool, man. Um <laughs> Randy said where I where I sailed from and to from uh in the chat room there. But um <laughs> it was it was pretty cool, man. It was it was pretty awesome, not gonna lie. Uh, all I needed was a cigar and a, and a whiskey drink, and I'd have been I'd have been hog heaven. Um, oh man, yeah, you don't got to do anything there with the sales. Like you're just sitting there chilling, dude. You have no idea. I <laughs> like I literally like leaned my seat way back. I propped my feet up on top of the pedals, like so they were straight up and down. The the pedals were, and uh, I I, I could have took a nap <laughs> if I would, if oh. I didn't have to turn and and you know navigate a little bit. But uh, and it was so easy to do, man. I mean, it's not like you have to be a master uh, sailor or anything like that to be able to um, figure this out. I mean, it, it. I was gone. It was awesome. It was it was really cool. <laughs> but uh, I could see it actually being a tool offshore. Honestly, I could see yeah, I could see it being a tool offshore when you're down south or whatever trolling for pelagics and such. I could see you just throwing that sail up and just. Riding along until you get a hit, so. Oh, yeah. But. That would. I, the only thing is that sail is yeah. great and everything like that for all that stuff. But I think in most tournaments, if you notice, they don't allow it, I think. Mm-hmm. 
even even though it's not motorized, they don't allow the sale. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I, I can uh, see why. That's a big advantage. <laughs> yeah, no, it was. Uh, I'll tell you, it was fun because, um, well, what I thought about actually was Friday when we were down in uh, uh, Flamingo. Man, that thing would have been awesome to uh, bust out there in Whitewater Bay, when, especially when it was as windy as it was, and just take oh, off. You know, and I think that's the thing. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, sail kits that are available actually for kayaks that you can put on almost any kayak nowadays, and uh, you know it would be it would be cool to to have it as a tool to be able to use it to get you somewhere, you know, far far away, or where you can even stretch your legs out a little bit and and maybe pedal a little bit further or paddle a little bit further than you might normally would, knowing that well, as the wind picks up, I'm just going to sail at home, you know. And that's my thing too. Yeah. Is I think, especially you know, especially with uh, the no motor zone in the summer, we always get that south that southeast wind that comes up out of nowhere. So I think that that would be a, a valuable tool to get back. And don't don't worry, I'm not opposed to towing anybody back from from Buck Creek. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was uh, it, it was a good time, man. We had a great time out there on the water as always. You know how it is whenever we get people together, and the bite was interesting. It was uh, it was it was pretty aggressive. If you can put a bait out in front of the fish, they they clobbered it. I mean, I had one that I saw up ahead of me. In fact, in in one of the videos that I, I took, I don't know if you can hear it or not. I got to go back and listen with the speakers blasted. But uh, I, I used an expletive. I said, "Gotcha, blank." <laughs> <laughs> When I saw, because I saw him pushing, and I was like, "Oh man, here comes one now!" So I, uh, I threw it out there and and whatever. But they they pounded on it, man. It was awesome. Um, That's good. Lots of was yeah, it? Was it? Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was going to ask you, was it crazy out there in the lagoon? Um, I I heard reports from other people saying that it was just a freaking madhouse out there. Dude, it was. Uh, it was interesting. I, I, I laughed because I was talking to um, my neighbor, Doug, and I was explaining to him that, yes, this indeed is the Mosquito Lagoon. This is the way it usually ends up being, where you have boats running all over the flats and this, that, and the other. I watched two guides. I know I know the boats. So I know who they were. But I watched two guides run in behind uh, – well, the hell with it. Who cares? I watched two guys run in behind Pardon Island and back in that, back in that creek, that, that bay back there. And then yep. – and then I look up and I look over and I see another boat coming and I'm like, there is no way that another boat is, is going back in there. Cause you know how, I mean, it's pretty tight back in there. One boat. Fishing it's real. It, okay. it's, oh yeah. And it's real shallow in there too. It is. It is. And the water, the water level right now, uh, it's, 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 it's about normal. I wouldn't say it's down. I wouldn't say it's up. I think it's, it's right about where it normally is, um, yeah. where you've got, you know, uh, a foot, foot and a half of water, but, you know, out on that flat out front until you get to uh, out front of that small island until you get over towards Pardon and then it gets a little bit deeper or whatever. Um, yeah. So anyway, this other, this other boat comes running in and I go, watch this. Watch what this guy does. He's going to run right between those two boats. The guys are up pulling and he's going to pull off maybe just maybe 100 or 200 yards past him and then lay, and then lay down. Sure enough. Huh. 
runs in on a plane. Yeah, runs in on a plane, cuts between the two guys, and then runs maybe 100 yards past that and then comes off a plane and lays it down. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Like, it's bad enough when we, when we go out and we fish our areas, right? And, and, and next thing you know, you look over and the kayak brigade has shown up and there's like 15 kayaks coming your direction. It, it, that, it, that's pretty bad. But, dude, when you're in a boat and you've yeah. you got a client on the bow of your boat and you and your buddy are working together, and that's what those two original boats were doing, which is what we sometimes do in kayaks, right? Yeah, sometimes, you're bumping the fish. Yep. Yeah, sometimes we work together, and uh, you can ping-pong the, the, the fish back and forth to you. So, yep. you know, if you work the flat in a line, someone bumps the school or hooks a fish, the school picks up, starts to move, then, then the rest of the guys can either skate out front and try and cut the fish off and then bounce them back so you guys can kind of pound on them for a few minutes. Or, or you know, you're spread out enough to where you bump a school of fish and they come right to you. And it's yep. the same thing. You just bounce them back and forth. Well, these guys, I, I can't even imagine what was going through their mind. This, this guy comes flying in, lays it down. I, I could see him. He drops the trolling motor, and he just starts motoring around back there. And I'm like, wow, that is, that's pretty messed up. Like, and so, yeah. I, he, Peppy, he wasn't back there for 15 minutes, the guy that ran in there. And he hopped it back up on plane and ran it back out of there again. And this time when he ran it back out of there again, he ran right in front of me between me and the island. And I'm just like, really? You could have took the deep cut straight to the west and went around us. Nope, cut straight across the flat right out in front of us. I was like, yep, <laughs> yep, welcome to the Mosquito Lagoon. So, you know, oh, it was, man. Uh, yeah, it, it was pretty bad. I mean, I, I didn't see uh, – I didn't see a lot of guys out there, uh, a lot of kayaks out there. Um, thank God. I think I learned my lesson about posting on Facebook about wh- what we're going to do. Um, not that I would mind company, but <laughs> that one post, man, blew up like crazy. And I was like, oh, boy, <laughs> we're going to yeah. have, you know, 20 boats, 20 kayakers all meeting at the same time, all launching in the same place, and all going to the same spot. But, uh yeah, no, it works out fine whenever you get out there and uh, um, you get out there and you're looking for fish and you're in a group of guys like, you know, me, you, uh, Alan, Wade, you know, we've all, we've gone out there before in the no motor zone, especially, and kind of, uh, kind of cruises along nice and slow. We kind of cruise along nice and slow and, and almost in a line, you know. To yep. kind of to make sure that it, we're we, there's no flat we're not working we're, we're exactly all with you know and and the thing the thing is too that would might would work for guys in other regions as well if you're fishing with your buddy rather than being right up next to them what we tend what, what we tend to do is stay what would seem to be about a casting distance away from each other between each other if that makes sense so if you were to yep. throw at me right. And I were to throw at you that the distance in between that, like where those two lures would land is about where we, we tend to stay this way here. Everyone has kind of their own space and it, and it works well. Sometimes we get right up on each other and there's days where, you know, you don't have to spread out. There's so many fish everywhere that it's not, it's not that big of a deal, but um, 
you know, Alan loves it when uh, when we're out there in a line and everyone's catching fish but him. That's his favorite thing. I think I saw Wade say <laughs> something about – what did Wade say up there? Wade said something about that's called the Allen technique or something like that when we all line up and <laughs> yell out, fish on, Alan. But, uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's that time of year, man. You know, it, it's – the water's still nice and chilly. It's not super cold, but it's definitely still chilly. Um, we uh, – the fish haven't – I didn't see hardly any finger mullet. I, in fact, I didn't see any finger mullet. I saw a lot of pinfish. saw a pile of pinfish. I mean, pinfish were thick. Um, but I would say – I would definitely say that, that the fish are still kind of honed in on that um, on that uh, crustacean-type diet and, and, and maybe starting to get into the finfish diet. And the reason why I say that is judging by the, how aggressive the fish were. The bites were a little bit more aggressive than tip than they normally are in the cool in the cool water. So, um, you know, same things will work, man. Paddle tails, jerk shads, that kind of stuff. Um, the 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 what do you call it? Cigar minnow thing that my buddy caught his big trout on. Basically, like a big jerk bait. It's about five inches long with a paddle tail on it. So, I mean, they're eating big baits now. Uh, where before I think they were a little bit more hesitant. The SSB was working pretty well. I think that's what uh, I think that's what um, Andrew got his fish on was an SSB. But uh, yeah, so it was cool. It was fun, you know. And 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 it's typical for this time of year. You're going to find groups of fish, you know, cruising really really shallow. So I mean, what what's your uh, when you hit the water? say late February, beginning of March, um, what's your, uh, your typical go-to, uh, style of fishing? I mean, do you, do you tend to do more sight fishing this time of year since the water's still clean or are you kind of search bait, you know, uh, throwing search baits like, uh, top waters and things like that? Uh, it's more, uh, more sight fishing than anything because the water's kind of clear. Like you're saying, the water's so clear. Um, and there's not as much mullet, like you're saying. You can't really – the bait's not there. So more than anything, you're doing more sight fishing than anything. That's pretty much what I did on, on Saturday. Um, I went out on the flats boat on Saturday, and, um, and I, hit up the, I hit up the Indian River. And that's, that's pretty much what I did the whole morning in the, on the Indian River. We caught some trout. We caught some redfish. Um, but it was mainly all sight fishing. I mean, it was all sight fishing, and like you said, I didn't see a lot of mullet. I did not see a lot of mullet going around, you know. The one big pod of finger mullet that I did see, for, I mean, if it would have been 10 seconds later, because, you know, we had a north wind that day, and if it would have been 10 seconds later, we were working our way to that pod, and sure enough, we were outside of casting distance, and the water blows up with redfish. It just blew up. They started pounding the finger mullet, and they're coming out of the water, flying out of the water, and they're upper slot fish. And I would say anywhere between 50 to 60 redfish is what they were. There were a bunch of them. And sure enough, it was a north window, and as soon as I tried to get up to them to try to cast and all this stuff, they start pounding. They start moving north. With the north wind, forget it. They're gone. There was no way of catching up to them. But, That's funny. But mainly – uh. Yeah, but it was mainly mainly it's sight fishing, you know, mainly mainly sight fishing around this time of the year. Now is what now, like you said, now the water's gonna start warming up, and and that all that bait's gonna start, you know, the water's 
water's going to liven up a lot more now. Now we're going to get the waters, you know, we're going to get a lot more bait now and everything like that. So things change up. And like you said, if you're throwing an STB, that's what I usually throw this time of the year. I'll, I'll throw an STB, something small, something with a paddle tail on it. Um, I've noticed the bigger stuff doesn't work, you know, but now it's starting to warm up. So now it starts, you know, the, the bigger baits start working a little bit more. And, and it's like you said, your, 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 your neighbor there, he caught that big trout. You said what, 20 yards off the shoreline? Yeah. So, if that, yeah, that's those big trout this time of the year. They like to hang out in that shallow stuff. I mean, that's where they're at. Yeah. Um, and that's what I was working. I was working really, really shallow stuff on Saturday. I mean, I mean, I would say 12 inches. I mean, I was working a foot of water, foot and a half of water is what I was in, pretty yeah. much. So, well, yeah, I, that's, I think that's, that's it too. If you can find, you can find an area that's got skinny water, but also has a, a, a transition somewhere near it. Um, whether that be weed, like a like a line of weeds, or just potholes, or even just a six inch drop, or what have you, I think you'll definitely find uh, find some fish there for sure. And and, and the big trout, <clears throat> we're pretty blessed right now. We didn't have a freeze this year, um, so God, I'm so thankful for that because the trout fishery we have right now is just stupid. I mean, if if you have a bucket list fish, if a trout is on your bucket list, a big trout is on your bucket list, and say it's a 28 to 30-something inch fish, I'm telling you right now, there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to get out there and get on them. Um, I, I, that's, I'm telling you, that fish my neighbor caught, dude, was huge. When I, saw, when I first saw it, I was like, good gracious, man. I couldn't believe it. Um, and unfortunately, the trout didn't didn't survive the the hook set. Um, he was hooked pretty far back in the gills and stuff, and he, he was bleeding pretty good. So uh, it was pretty bad, man. But um, I hate to see any, any of those big trout get taken. Um, you know, I, I would never keep one out of, I mean, over slot. Um, or, you know, I know you're allowed one over the slot, but I'd never keep one of those big breeders unless it died during the fight or I knew it wasn't going to make it. There's no sense in letting the crabs eat it. So we also got Captain Alex Garichki, local line charter. Hey, 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 guys. What's up? What it is. <laughs> what it is. How's it going out there, guys? It's going, man. It's going. We were just uh, we're just talking a little bit about uh, – big trout fishing in, in clean water and just, you know, how, how the fish are starting to get a little bit more aggressive uh, right now. I think we're, I think they're starting to, to unwind from the cold and, and starting to understand that, that, that spring is here or at least coming. Yeah, it definitely seems they're, that they're shaking off that winter pattern. And, um, and, and of course, you know, as you guys were talking, the, the sea trout fishery is going ridiculous right now, as it does every year this time of year. And, uh, you know, with them coming into their spawn, they're the most aggressive and, and willing to uh, and willing to eat at that moment in time. And, and they, they definitely want to pack on the pounds coming off of winter. It's, you know, it's lean, lean living when their metabolism drops. And uh, they come off of winter into, uh, into spring and, and pick up on all the fin fish and bait like that and start really, uh, really going at it. So uh, we definitely we found some really nice trout 
Uh, I was out Friday, and then uh, I fished again today, too. Um, but uh, everything was uh, still kind of shaking it off. They were Everything was sitting real shallow, kind of just sulking. Um, and, uh, and you can tell tell by the groups of fish uh, that they were wanting to uh wanting to start getting into that spring that spring spawning pattern and uh you know you know what that does i mean every every year they do it and they get up it's shallow and they they get they get angry at everything that moves and mm-hmm. of course top water's great for that you know as we come into the next couple weeks hopefully we don't get any more cold fronts um but uh and and we'll continue that warming pattern which will be really nice. But, uh, you know, one thing about the trout is you were saying, you know, you know, it was definitely, you know, definitely a bummer that, that that trout died on the hook, which happens. I mean, you know, it's fishing. You're not, you're, you know, you're not, you're not talking the fish in with, uh, with friendly words to come and take a picture with you. You know, realistically, you're putting a hook in the face of the fish. And, uh, right. you know, sometimes fish get hooked a little deep and, and it's unfortunate, and um, you know, with sea trout, it, they're pretty unique in the fact that that most trout over about 24 inches will be exclusively female. Um, if you get a trout that's over 27 inches, you're guaranteed it's a female. Male right. trout do not grow to that size; they top out at about 24 inches. And uh, you can tell the difference between a male and a female because the male at that size, you know, the you know low 20 inch male will get real bulky and uh and almost football shaped. Uh whereas the, the females are a lot yeah, a lot more slender and uh and long. And and uh that's you know, you hate to take a, a good breeding uh female fish out of the out of the equation, but you know, things happen. Um I certainly don't encourage taking them and uh that is one of the fish that I won't won't typically let a client take. Um whereas I'm I'm pretty open with uh with letting people take fish, I believe that you know people should be able to enjoy the fruits of their labor. And uh, but uh, big female trout deserve to be swimming around in the river, that's for sure. Um, yeah, especially after having the uh, the issues that we had a, few, you know, a bunch of years back with the nets and everything else. Uh, to see to see the fact that that these fish um, have bounced back the way they have has been uh, pretty damn awesome. Um, nothing short of miraculous, actually, that, that we have a trout fishery the way we do now. Um, I remember a few. I remember a few. Sh- I was going to say I remember a few short years ago where if we went out, we we caught a fish that was twenty, twenty one, twenty two inches, whatever. It was an automatic picture taker. Now you catch a fish that's twenty, twenty one, twenty two inches, and you're like, eh, <laughs> damn it. Yeah. I- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, for years years this this area was known as the sea trout capital of the world i mean and it wasn't a lie there's for years that that's what this place was known for and the gillnets did kill it hard i remember growing up out there on pine island road and wading the indian river i can remember the first trout that i got that was over 24 inches and it was because all you would catch was something small enough to slide through the gillnet and that was it and uh, you know, and and we've come a long way from there, a long way from that. And uh, we have you know a, a solid breeding stock back, and um and and it's really showing on on you know on what people are catching, because there's some big fish being caught. There's a lot of big fish that you see that you never even have a chance of catching, um you know, and and 
that this time of year when you get that shallow water when it's so clean you get to see them fish and and you know what's out there it's it's getting you know getting that hit from that big one that that always always helps and Doug did a great job that was a beautiful fish that he got um, oh it was a stud was, dude yeah absolutely definitely absolutely stud and I'll tell you what and what man, happens um, good what happens with those trout is um, and as you come into spring and you start and you start switching over to that top water lure pattern, which is is here. I mean, it's right on it. If you're not throwing a top water lure in the mornings or in the evenings, if you get the fish, uh, then you're not doing you're not doing what you need to be doing um, because that bite is here. They want that. They're looking for that. That they're they're looking to get something in their stomach. And uh, what ends up happening is with female trout, you'll usually have. You know, for any given flat in our area, you know, give or take a couple, three, four hundred, five hundred yards of a flat section of water with a drop-off or whatever, you know, some shallows, um, you'll have a couple of those big female trout. And you'll actually have schools of male trout. And it's usually a half dozen to a dozen fish. And you're talking fish that are anywhere from 18 to 22 inches, you know, on average. And those fish will stay with the big females. If you get on a flat and start, you know, start getting one or two decent-sized fish, you know, those 20-inchers, they're not there just hanging out. This time of year, around the new and the full moon, they're there to find one thing, and that's some loving. And that big mama <laughs> trout, that big mama trout sitting on that flat somewhere. And if you work that flat hard enough, you're going to find, you're going to come across that that big female trout. They don't they don't venture far this time of year from a big female. And you can no. see it when you pull onto a flat, and if you know, especially uh, you know, having the skiff and, and spending time out there, just you know, uh, uh, arguably as much as I do on on the kayaks, um, and having that advantage of the polling platform, and seeing how those fish are on a flat and how they interact, and uh, you know, that that scenario of a group of of male trout bunched up, you know, in a little area. And then somewhere right around them this time of year, especially especially on the on the moon events, you're going to have that big female sitting out there, you know, and and a good hook set and light drag, and and you can get them in there, and, and you know, trout, they're beautiful fish. They slam a topwater lure. They fight decent when they're bigger. You're not getting some screaming, smoking run out of a trout, and it's not going to no. dump your reel two, three times. You know, no. so even with lighter drags and lighter tackle, you can get that fish in in a reasonable manner, get your picture real quick, and let that thing go and, and do what it's meant to do this time of year, and that's make more trout. So, I'll tell you what, um, there's a couple of flats <clears> that this time of year, actually from February till, you know, through now into the next month, um, I used to go to all the time and throw nothing but topwaters. I, I would throw nothing but a... Uh, a uh, spook junior in trout color and man I, every single trout you caught was over 20 inches and you're you're 100 percent correct alex every time that you can stand up and you can see ahead of you in the flat and you can watch like you, especially in between docks where it's real sandy and stuff you might see uh you might see two or three maybe four dark shadows right close to each other and then right next to that there'll be just a longer dark shadow and you come up on it and it's and they're all all the males like you say are 20 to about 24 inches super super fat and then you look over and then there's this 
this fish that just dwarfs the males uh, in length, but is much, much slimmer. And uh, I saw a fish last year in the, uh, in the Mosquito Lagoon that I, I, I would bet all of my worldly possessions that it was 40 inches. Not going to lie. I've, I've seen those fish. I worked out there at the Cape for several years, and I've stood there on the culverts out there in the middle of nowhere by the launch pads and seen those fish every bit of 35 to 40 inches, and they're there. There's fish that big there. And, yeah, but Alex, that's, that's different. That's different. Those are pets. The ones that are there. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're just saying. I drive by there when I'm working. I stop and just sit there and look, and I'm sitting there going, oh, my God. That's all I sit there, and I just I cannot believe what I'm looking at. <laughs> yeah, just, when you see, you when you see a trout, when you see a trout that's pushing 40 inches, it doesn't even look real. It, 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 honestly, it looks – the one I saw, I swear I thought it was a snook. The first, as soon as I saw it move, I saw a shadow up, up on a flat. Actually, I'll tell you where it was. It was over by Cucumber. I saw a fish over, over by Cucumber you know, in, in, a, in a rather large sand hole move just barely. And I looked over and I said, wow, that thing, that thing is huge. I said, that's a good snook. Uh, my brother-in-law was with me. I said, man, that's a good snook. So I go to cast to it, and as <clears throat> it was kind of facing me, it turned broadside. When it turned broadside, the sun hit it real well and lit it up, and I could see all the spots. I go, holy crap, dude. That thing's a trout. That's a <laughs> trout, dude. I'm like, that's a freaking trout. He's like, no way. It's a trout. And so sure enough, man, I, I flipped. I, I had to. I flipped over towards it to see if it would eat. Um, it took off after the, after the, after the uh, jig. He ate the jig and came at me, and you could ask my brother-in-law this, this if you ever meet him, came at me, came up to the surface, did the typical big trout head shake all the way across the surface for like 10, 15 feet, just across the whole surface and through, through, the, through the hook, and swam between me and him, and we, we were both like, oh, my God. Like, it literally looked like it, it looked like a salmon. It was that big. I was it didn't even make any sense. It didn't even make any sense. Oh man! And, uh, that's, that's one, one thing. One thing that you said there, which which you want to make sure that everybody listening catches, especially if they're wanting to go get that big trout, is uh, how prone a sea trout is to uh, to cannibalism and. Yeah, a topwater lure and, and you know, white body, red head is great. Bone color is great color. Uh, white's a great color, obviously, right along with bone. Um, but I'll tell you what, nothing gets a big trout piss off more than a dang trout color topwater lure. And it doesn't matter if it's the Skitterwalk, doesn't matter if it's a Zara Spook. If they put that thing out in trout color, it will get hammered, and it will get hammered hard by any big trout on a flat. Yeah. I mean, it's one of my favorite colors. And, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting to see the progression of some of the lure manufacturers now uh, going, kind of getting off of the topic of seeing them and casting to them. Um, which, by the way, if you lay eyes on a big, giant trout, and, and he's close enough to where you think he can see you, you're probably not going to catch that fish. You, you'll yeah. catch the yeah. males. You'll catch those 20 to 24 inchers because they're just, they're super aggro. 
but when you when you see that if that big big female moves away, like she can tell it that you're there, you know she knows you're there. A lot most of the times she's not gonna uh she's not gonna eat, man. It's just not gonna happen. But uh but watching the progression of some of the some of the lure makers nowadays, uh some of the smaller companies that are making lures. Um an interesting lure that we just brought into the store recently, uh, from a good friend Ricky Banks, um, of Banks Lures is that uh, flats creeper, that little pogey looking flats creeper thing that, that he pours. I'm telling, I'm here to tell you right now, that bait right there will, will account for some big trout this, this time of year. Um, and he's poured it in some really kind of cool colors. And uh, I can't wait to get out there and throw a couple of them. Brandy English just, uh, just actually signed on with uh, Banks's, I think his only kayak pro staffer. But, uh, you know, it, when when I first saw him, he showed him to me, and I was like, and the first thing I thought of was big trout because man, painted up the right color, it could look, it's got that same kind of size as that that perfect little that perfect little uh, pinfish, you know, or even a pigfish. So, you know, and, and anybody who knows anything about catching uh, catching big, big trout, at least from back in the day. There, there's few baits that work as well for a giant trout as a as a big pig fish. There's no so. bait that works better for a big trout than a giant pig fish. <laughs> or any <laughs> pig fish. <laughs> you, you hurl a pig fish out on a flat under a popping cork and just let him do his thing. You ain't got to pop him. Just let him do his thing. He's down there, and, and trout will come from miles away to eat that thing. Have you seen any pig fish lately, Alex? Uh, no, they used to be extremely common up in the lagoon, and I think in the north end you can still pretty much find them. Um, every now and then you'll get you'll get the right size, because really a pig fish is just a grunt, the same kind of grunt you find out there in the middle of the ocean. Um, it's just a baby one, and and that's what they do. They grunt. They sound like a little pig. And they make a whole bunch of noise. And, you know, those guys, there's a lot of guys, uh, commercial splatter, the splatter pole guys. And that's, they made their living doing nothing but floating a pigfish under a popping cork and doing it, you know, almost cane pole style is how they fished. Yeah. And yeah. uh, so that was done in, most of that was done in the lagoon. That falls right into the seminar I did at Kayaks, uh, at KBB Outfitters um, a couple weeks back. And, and some of those, those techniques that were used uh, prior to the crash and, and, you know, 20 years, you know, you're talking stuff that was used prior to 20 years ago. So, you know, the, the, the guys using the splatter pole and the pigfish um, did that and, man, you you know, you can do the same thing with a with a pinfish, and it works well, especially with the newer clacker bobber types. You know, the ones that slide on the uh, the stiff wire um, with some beads that make a little noise. If you put a pinfish yep. under there and either tail hook it or uh, hook it in the collar, right in the shoulders, either hook set like that. We'll get that pinfish, and you get him just over the grass. And what he's going to do is he's going to dive, and he's going to dive hard to try to get down into the grass. Pinfish don't want to be sitting six inches over the grass. Pinfish wants to be down on the bottom, chilling out, hiding from anything that wants to eat them. And, uh, and they sit there and rattle that. They rattle the bobber for you, and it'll call in a big trout. Um, you know, the best way to do the pigfish is invest in a pinfish trap. Pinfish trap is the same thing as a pigfish trap. 
It does no different. Throw some shrimp in that thing and uh, find a little spot to go throw the thing in the water and see what you can find. You never know what you're going to get in a bait trap like that. I have several myself, and I'll put them around the canals out here, kind of hide it up underneath a mangrove and tie it to the mangrove, and you're the only person that's going to know it's there, really, and, uh, and see what you can pull out. And a lot of times you can get those baits that will get you the bigger fish. Same thing with croakers. As we come into spring, the croaker fry will start growing up. They're around. You just really can't tell they're croakers yet. And, uh, and, and those will do the same exact thing underneath the, the bobber. But the, the pig fish is ridiculous. So if you can find them, go for them. Yeah. Tubby, do you do much, uh, have you done much live baiting for big trout? Mm, no. <laughs> Hardly <laughs> ever. I mean, yeah, you won't see me doing, especially for trout, you know, I don't, um, I don't target trout. Like you, you know, I don't, I don't really target trout all that much. I like catching trout, but they don't fight like you said. They don't fight like redfish. You know, I love catching a big trout like that, but um, you know, it, it's just one of those things that I target redfish more than trout. You know, and, and and I just don't fish for them unless I really have to for a tournament or anything like that. And on top of that, like you said, I don't, I don't like catching trout too much and big ones because I'm scared to kill them. They die for anything, man. Those, those, yeah. they are so sensitive, and I just, I just, you know, anytime I get a trout, and it's a big trout, man, you, you'll never see me release a, a fish as fast as I release a trout normally. You know, I normally don't. I, I might not even take pictures with trouts usually. It all depends how they're hooked, the whole stuff. But um, I'm real sensitive with trout, you know. I, and I don't keep any. I never keep trout. Never. Not even slot fish. Nothing. I just do not keep trout. Um, it's like you said, you know, I, I would love to see us see, see our waters flourish with 30-inch, 32, 33, 34-inch trout. You know, I would love to see that. Um, I'll tell you, there's the... Uh, go ahead. No, I was going to say the only way we're going to get that is, you know, we got to let these fish live. You know, we got to let them, we got to let them go. You know, we can't be keeping these big ones and, and not kill yeah. them. You know, there's sometimes... We can't do anything about it. Sometimes they just die, like you said. You know, there's nothing we can do about that. Yeah. I stopped drop kicking them a long time ago. Um, <laughs> but no, I'm just, I'm just kidding around. <laughs> drop the elbow on them. Um, but no, I'll tell you, uh, it, it's my go-to bait. I have two go-to baits for big trout. Number one, well, so far. I've got another. I got a new plug I'm, I'm playing with now. We'll see how uh, how the big trout react to it. I think when the little finger mullet show up, the plug I've got that I'm playing with now, I think it's going to be the answer. Um, but my go-to bait off the shelf is uh, is going to be a um, Super Spook Junior with uh, again in that sea trout color, and then. On, as far as a plastic is concerned, uh, I like either an SS, I mean, sorry, yeah, SSB or an STB. In for me personally, pearl white, and I don't know why, but pearl white, I have caught so many big trout on pearl white. Um, molting works fine. Chicken off the chain will get them too, of course. Um, most of those types of colors, but man, I love uh, I love getting them on the uh, on the pearl white. For some, I, I think maybe it has a lot to do with the fact that uh, 
I think it has a lot to do with the fact that uh, you can see that pearl white bait out there a ways. Even in dirty water, you can kind of watch it, and then all of a sudden it disappears, and you know you're you're just about to come tight. So um, pretty cool. Well, you, you can't, when you're talking about large trout, and especially early spring large trout, you can't overlook the, the needlefish factor. That's one of their primary first fin fish that they go after is the smaller needlefish, and they annihilate them. If you ever pull onto a flat and all of a sudden you see a needlefish skipping around with big explosions mm-hmm. underneath them, that's because of a giant trout eating it. And, yeah, yeah. and, a, and a, a soft plastic like an, S, an STB, something that has that fluke tail, a little bit elongated, kind of slender, something that gives a little bit of that, that almost needlefish-like profile is going to turn that trout on and, and get you that hit. That's one of the fish that they're looking for. You know, pinfish come out first typically. Um, your finger mullet that we're able to winter over and have a deep hole or the right area um, will will be moving around, but there's very few of those. The fry mullet will be starting to show up, and within the, you know within weeks they're a couple four or five inches long, and they're starting to push out on the flats. Um, you know, but but that first those first couple fish that, that those trout because they do their metabolism slows in the winter. Everything does, even the redfish, even though they're they're a little bit more tolerant. Um, especially things of, like trout and snook will will slow way down. They start eating the, the shrimp, the crabs, you know, more crustacean diet. Well, the first things that they see when they come off of that and they're looking to start boosting their metabolism, getting more energy, more calories in their body are things like the, the pinfish and the needlefish. They're oily, they're kind of nasty, but there's a lot of calories in those for a big trout. And, uh, and there's a whole lot of them around this time of year. It's one of the most prevalent baits you'll see when you pull onto a flat this time of year is needlefish yeah. everywhere pretty much. So definitely don't overlook that when you're looking at your, your soft plastics to, to, to kind of imitate and, and, and fit that profile of the elongated needlefish. STB does a great job of doing that. You know, what's funny is, uh, I don't know, this is, this is, dating back to probably like 95, 96. I was fishing down at Pineda Causeway and saw what I thought was needlefish getting pounded by big trout. So I'm out there and I saw some finger mullet kind of roaming around. So I threw my cast net hoping to get a mullet or two to throw out there. And, uh, you know, I I netted up a bunch of small ballyhoo. And that, that was... Yeah, that was a strange occurrence for me in the river. I'd never seen him in the river before. And uh, at the time, I was using a five-gallon bucket with uh, holes drilled in it with a lid on it as my bait bucket. And there's no mistaking a, a needlefish for a ballyhoo. A ballyhoo's got a red tip on his nose, and he's got a, a you know his, the top of his, his mouth opens on the roof of his beak as opposed to having a beak itself. He actually just has that, that deal. So, but uh, I hooked beak. one. Yeah, the half beak. I hooked one, tail hooked it, threw it out right off the edge of that that horseshoe sandbar at, at uh, in the Banana River on that. You know what I'm talking about by Pinita. Mm-hmm. Um, I threw it off that horseshoe sandbar. Sure enough, got clobbered. Wasn't a big trout, but it was like about an 18 inch or so. And uh, but he ate that ballyhoo like it was his job, man. And uh, that was pretty interesting to see that. I didn't I didn't know that ballyhoo came into the river. Um, that was the first experience I'd ever had with him. Yeah, you, you see ballyhoo, and um, 
just like the uh, the as as summer wears on, as summer wears on, you'll uh, you'll see even um, pogies, which is our predominant you know inshore bait. Um, yeah. You'll see those on the flats, uh, and uh, and they're in their their filter feeder. And you know, there's there's a lot of different stuff that comes in and out, and and you know, by watching the water that you're fishing, and it doesn't matter where you're at or what you're doing. You could be in Mosquito Lagoon fishing for trout, or the Banana River looking for redfish, or you know, the Indian River Lagoon trying to catch a snook. Who knows? You know, it doesn't matter as long as you can read the water and understand what fish are doing at any given time your chances of, of catching quality fish and, and, and quantities of fish is greatly improved and, and you'll you'll score more and better. So Yeah, uh, you know, and it, it's it's gonna get interesting as the uh as the season progresses to see uh just how many big trout and just how plentiful our redfish are still gonna be or I shouldn't say plentiful, we know they're plentiful. It'll be interesting to see how uh, spooky they are this this uh, spring into summer, because we we know we can we can sneak up on them in the in the winter time because the water's cold they're kind of relaxed they kind of chill you know typically in the spring in the summertime they're on high alert they're kind of you know all over the place they're chasing mullet and stuff but they're real spooky. Um, with the added pressure of the uh, last couple of years, um, last couple of months, really, uh, of boat traffic and such that I've seen, I haven't seen as many boats nearly uh, last few years as I have this year so far. But um, it'll be interesting to see just how good of a bite we have this uh, this uh, spring. So I don't know. I don't know. I know one thing. I know I need to get a new nine weight because I, I still have a broken one sitting here in the corner and I need to get after it on the fly. I, I kind of neglected it a little bit this year. Um, Greg is asking if Alan's having the Troutzilla tournament. I don't know, man. I, I don't know if Alan's got time to do the Troutzilla tournament. He's pretty busy with a bunch of stuff going on right now with the tournaments that he's fishing and, and a bunch of other stuff he's got going. So uh, do you know anything about that, Pat? Um. We've talked about it, but nothing's been set in stone yet and still don't have a set date. He wants to do it and everything like that. They want to do it, but nothing's – it's not a for sure thing right now, you know? It's one of those right. things. You can work it out. It's like you said, he's got a whole bunch of things going on. Yeah, so we'll see what happens with that. Uh, on the flip side, so I see there's some folks in there in the chat room that joined us down in Flamingo. There is going to be a tournament that is going to be held in and around the Mosquito Lagoon area that will be somewhat uh, Adventure Fishing World Championship-like. Leave it at that for now. Um, It's not going to be the same exact format, but it's going to be pretty similar to that that uh, some folks are talking about putting together. So we'll, uh, we'll see how that progresses over the next couple of months. Um, as I find out more information, I'll, I'll pass along to you guys, but, uh, looking forward to that. Um, you know, I, I really, really, really do hope that the guys from native, um, do, do, do a good job next year or can get it together for next year. Um, there were a few people that 
there were a few people that were a little bit miffed by the uh, the way they did the final standings or whatever. Um, we had multiple conversations going on throughout the day on Facebook and stuff. And, and I will say this, that I, I contacted John and pretty much told him what the scutterbutt was going around. And he, uh, he quickly took down the standings the way they did it and changed it. So there's just, there's obviously at this point, there's just no, no uh, second guessing or no issues to be had by anybody. But um Again, kudos to everybody who finished the tournament. Kudos to everybody who fished the tournament, and kudos to those that came in and you know by hitting at least the three checkpoints and catching three fish. The only three teams to do it. Um, that was pretty damn impressive. But uh, you know, it's interesting. I think what the, I think what those guys have done now is they've kind of set the bar in a way for future tournaments to try and come up with something that's you know, a little bit outside the norm, so to speak. Uh, but, you know, there's, um, yeah, there you go. I don't know. It was, uh, <clears throat> well, hell, we'll just say it. So it looks like what, what we're trying to work with now is, is finding a way to put on a tournament to give people an opportunity to kind of push themselves a little bit but at the same time have a lot of fishing time. I think everybody would agree. Alex and Pepe would probably more than likely agree that that's the most important part of that particular style of the tournament to us as fishermen is we want to be able to fish. And right. Yeah. And so, you know, it's just, you know, competition is, uh, is good. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, and I hope Alan gets to do another one of the redfish tournaments out there in no motor zone. I know there's a lot of, uh, it's just crazy how many tournaments have popped up the last, uh, the last couple of, uh, months and years, actually, you know, you've got uh, a full kayak series with Tropic Bay. You've got the IFA, you've got, um, a bunch of different smaller tournaments over on the West coast. Uh, of course the Jack's classic here. And then you've got, um, What's the one over in the Panhandle the same weekend? What's that one, Pepe? You remember? Um, Southwest, Southwest, or 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 Lost Coast, or something like that. Andrew knows. Andrew Andrew Mixon probably knows what it is. I forgot what it is, but it's a pretty well known tournament. Cool, Alex. Are you still with me? Or did he drop off? Alex. I was going to try and get – I think he dropped – yeah, he dropped. Um, I was going to give Alex an opportunity to promote himself. Sorry about that, Alex. Um, if you guys want to get with Alex Gorichke and go out on a charter here locally, you can uh, contact him at locallines.com um, or Local Lines Guide Service on Facebook. Uh, he does both ba- – uh, sorry, inshore on flat, on flat skiffs and also in kayaks. But um, what is it, GCFKA? That's it. Gulf, yeah. Gulf Coast or something. Gulf Coast Kayak Fishing Association or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I cool. forgot what it is. But, cool. um, Fish skins, the, same the strike can, zone, Central Florida shootout. I mean, there's a bunch of tournaments. You got, yeah, you got that. You got skin fish, uh, uh, fish skins coming up too. Yeah. Yep. Next month. There's a whole bunch of stuff going on. 
Yeah, there's no shortage of events. So, and then uh, don't forget also too, you, there's still the uh, the extreme events that take that take place down south, and the uh, the first ever Bahamas kayak fishing tournament. Um, I think it's in March, I believe, April and March, one of those two months. I think Andrew's fishing that as well. But uh, yep. And so there you go. You got plenty of opportunities and, to get out there. April twenty second. Thanks, brother. What's the dates for Jax again? Give Andrew Mixon two seconds. He'll pop it up there. Hang on. <laughs> I think it's six. Go ahead. Second weekend of May, I think, maybe, or something like that. I think. Can't remember exactly. What tournament does Andrew not fish? There isn't one that he doesn't fish. He fishes them all. Yeah. Um, there you go. I saw a comment that was up top there. Uh, Non-pro staff Murdoch said, I was kind of like, give it a break. If you were not first through third, who cares? Who is number whatever, whatever to 14 or whatever. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I kind of get, I, I understand what you're saying, but at the same time, there's there's underlined issues that may or may not go along with with people's preaching that they did things they didn't do. So we'll just say that. Um, I'm taking Mixon down to DOA this year. Good luck with that. Um, May 9th is, is the Jacksonville and the Gulf Coast uh, Fishermen's Association. Um, same day, same weekend. So uh, cool. There you go. So start start marking your calendars. Get ready. And then also, too, actually, um, I see that uh, Austin's in the chat room tonight. Um, Austin, what's the date of the Emily tournament? Because he came by the shop the other day, and we're going to go ahead and, and host the uh, Emily tournament again uh, this year. So um, I saw him in there. Is he still on there? He's probably typing. Sometimes Anyhow. September, I know that. Yeah. September. Can't remember what date, though. Yeah. Either way, block out your, your calendars for the month of September. Um, and uh, make sure to make it over to Kayaks by Bo for the uh, Help Emily Now Kayak Fishing Tournament. Um, it's a uh, it's obviously a great cause. You've heard about it here on my show, especially for the last three years running. And uh, Emily will be September the twelfth, uh, I believe. That's what. Nope, thirteenth. September the thirteenth. So uh, there you go. September the thirteenth. And uh, if anybody wants to uh, get involved with that particular tournament, if you guys want to, if you have a business and you want to put up a vendor booth or you want to donate some prizes or whatever like that, go ahead and start getting a hold of uh, Austin. I would say do it now. Um, give the guy some time to kind of get things all, you know, situated. <laughs> it's a lot of work, man. He puts a lot, him and his wife put a lot of work into that tournament every year. It's a, always a great event. Uh, last year they raised a bunch of money and, and I know it helped out a whole lot. Um, but, uh, you know, to me, it's, uh, it, it, it hits definitely really, really close to home. Um, so yeah, September 13th, make sure to, uh, make sure to, uh, pin that one on your calendars for sure. And if you're out of, if you're out of state and you want to come down on a little mini vacation, that's a great time to come down too as well. Um, but that time of year, the fishing is usually pretty spot on and, uh, 
we have enough locals here that have really good experience. We can get you guys out with somebody to get out there and catch some fish um, before or after the tournament. Uh, that's being held again, like I say, in Titusville. So <clears throat> you've got KOA campground out there. You've got a couple of, um, you have a couple of, uh, uh, hotels that are out there at 95. Um, we're actually working on trying to get a hotel, uh, built in downtown across from the city marina that will have uh, secured parking for those who wish to come fish the Mosquito Lagoon and want to stay in a hotel. So we've been talking to a couple different people about that um, who are definitely interested parties. So that could be really, really cool. Um, do hunting dogs, are hunting dogs used with kayaks? Sometimes. Um, dang, he's got a red bone lab mix he needs a home for. He's all the way up in New York. So he might have to take a, a ride up there. But anyhow, if you have any more, if you have any uh, questions or whatever you want to help out with the tournament, feel free to shoot Austin a call at info at helpemilynow.org. Uh, Becca, I guess, is in charge of that, as Austin just said, so which is probably a good thing um, because Austin's got a lot on his plate now at work and stuff. So feel free to shoot him an email. He's definitely, uh, they're definitely looking for sponsors of, of prizes and such like that. And then, uh, also, too, if you're from out of area and you'd just like to make a donation uh, to help Emily out, um, you can go to their website as well, helpemilynow.org. There you go. What else you got, Pep? Anything else? Yeah. Um, one more thing. Saturday, this weekend, Saturday, Harry Goods is doing a – Harry Goods Outdoor Shop is doing a cleanup this weekend. That's um, right. It's there. Yeah, it starts, I think it starts at 8 o'clock in the morning, is it, Chuck? I can't remember exactly. I believe um, so. Yeah, and it's a cleanup right around there, right around the shop, uh, at the ramp there, um, all that area, all that waterway there of the Indian River. Had it last year. It was a good turnout last year. Um, you clean up for a while, walk around, you clean up, and then afterwards we have a barbecue and 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 maybe even some giveaways and stuff like that. Maybe I don't know. Last year, Rich did some things. Last year it was pretty good. Last year, so um, if you don't have anything to do on Saturday, or if the, the wind's kicking too much and you can't go out there and fish, just go out there and pick up a little bit of trash. Do your part, and you have a good time. Very cool. Very cool. And we're still trying to work on uh, some of the guys are still trying to work on the uh, trash pickup uh, tournament. So, uh, you know, the, it was kind of ixnade there for a second, but I think they're still, I think, I think they're rethinking it, but um, there's a lot of tape you got to jump through to, uh, to make that happen out of the refuge. So, um, but either way, we'll, we'll let you guys know what's going, what's going on in the upcoming months. A uh, question earlier was asked, where's the next boondoggle? Has it been announced yet? It has not been announced yet. Um, where will it be? Who knows? Um, either way, it'll probably be a, a kick-ass party, so look forward to that. And with that being said, is that all you got, Pep? That's about it, man. That's all I got. <laughs> Randy said flamingo. <laughs> yeah. No, actually, here you go. Uh, late December... Uh, the week after Christmas, 
we're starting to try and put together a uh, a um, flamingo trip. So if anybody wants to possibly go down to Flamingo the week after Christmas, um, get with me. We'll try to uh, we'll try to put something together. I think it'll be cool. Get down there and, and just fish and have fun because that area down there, man. I could fish it. I could fun fish the place. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Um, so there you go. That's all we got. But to everybody in the chat room, Fishing for Reds, Greg3, all the guests there. Again, guests next week. If you tune in, you can uh, you can throw your uh, login with uh, social media, and you can get involved in the chat room. Uh, Wade, the engineer, um, Mark Lozier, appreciate you joining me, brother. Um, sorry we didn't get a chance to talk more down there at the tournament. Uh, it was good to see you, though. Non-pro staff Murdoch, New Smyrna Beach Mike, Randy English, R.K. Cole Jr. I think this is the first time I've seen your name in, in my chat room, man. I appreciate you joining us tonight. And uh, where we go? We got um, Uno Moss, of, co- of course. That's Andrew Mixon. And I think that's it. That's all that's left. But we definitely appreciate everybody joining us, man. It's awesome. Next week, we've got uh, Scott Fordyce. Uh, with uh, with uh, Lawrence will be joining us, talking to him um, about pro staff uh, type situations. So uh, it'll be interesting. It'll be a good conversation next week for sure. Um, we'll go ahead and, and post that up on Facebook and kind of drum up some more listeners for that particular uh, show because I think that one's going to be one not to miss for sure. So. Uh, but to everybody out there listening, I uh, definitely appreciate all the support you guys have continued to show, Peppy and myself. Um, Alan kind of bowed out. He's got a lot of personal things going on Monday nights um, with his daughter. So, uh, you know, he, he just he, he feels bad for not being able to be here all the time. And we understand it's not a big deal. He's still our boy, and he still gets to come on whenever he wants to. Um, we get Alex to call in from time to time. We get Wade every once in a while calls us. So, but if you're ever listening to the show and you want to join in and get involved with the show, feel free to call us anytime. Jot down the number. Keep it by your computer, 714-816-4727, 714-816-4727. If you have any comments, concerns, questions, comments, or concerns, feel free to hit me up either on Facebook. You can find me Redfish Chuck on Facebook or just Charles Levi on Facebook. Um, I'm on all the social media deals. I don't, I don't tweet. I have a Twitter. I don't tweet. But uh, feel free to find me there if you want. I don't know how how, how quick I'll get back to you. but uh, Or you can shoot me an email, redfishchuck at hotmail.com. Feel free to do that as well. Um, Peppy, go ahead, man. Do your thing. With that being said, let me thank uh, Native Watercraft, Aquabound Paddles, Orca Coolers, Harry Goods Outdoor Shops, Larry Inc. Lures, Tackle Webs, Hook One, Jack Attack, Kayaks by Bow, Ram Mounts, KBB Outfitters and Taylor Toads. Killer. Uh, and then, of course, for me as well, it's uh, I want to thank Hobie Kayaks, Orca Coolers, Tackle Webs, Railblazer Yak Gear, Ego Nets, ENO, Bending Branches, Slayer Inc. Lures, KBB, KBB Outfitters, Real Adrenaline, Energy Drinks, and Adventurous Custom Rods, which, by the way, if you're out there looking for a custom rod, give my boy over there, Durwood, Adventurous Custom Rods, a shout. You can find them on Facebook. If you need to type in Adventurous Custom Rods or just Durwood, and it'll pop up. And then uh, and just let me know you heard about them here on the show. I've got two of his rods. I've got an 8 to 17-pound class rod, a 7-footer, and a 6 to 12. Both of them have the microwave guide set 
on them. They're pretty awesome. But uh, there you go. And uh, that's it. So until next week, everybody be safe. Have a good time out there on the water. Take a kid fishing in the future of our sport. And uh, Trey and Logan, man, I hope you guys sleep well tonight. Uh, Rough night last night. See you, everybody. God bless. Take it easy. Have a good night. See you.